The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. And I'm now joined in studio by Her Excellency Dana Ehrlich, the Israeli ambassador to Ireland. Ambassador, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, the latest chapter in uh, the conflict between Palestinian people and uh, Israel started with the attack on the Rock Festival. And um, we don't know how many thousand Hamas uh, gunmen came into your country. But to put it in a context, if that were to happen in Ireland, just comparing the two populations, 800 Irish people would have died on that day. If you compare it to the United States in terms of population, 50,000 people would have died in the United States on that day. So I just wanted to lay that uh, down as a, a marker so maybe our listeners can understand the extent of the shock in Israel at the extent of what occurred. Yes, and as we've discussed um, earlier, um, it is it is as if people went into the electric picnic and just butchered and massacred the attendees of that music, innocent music festival. Um, I'll just want to separate that we've seen a lot of uh, violent cycles, we've seen a lot of operations, we've experienced, unfortunately, wars, terror attacks. This is nothing like it, and this is why we're separating. This is not part of the Israeli-Palestinian issue. This is a terror organization that is set to kill all Jewish and Israelis, and they will not stop, as we've seen. Initially, when we saw the death toll, which was rising throughout the day, and it was already being uh, compared to 9-11, but in numerical terms, for you, in terms of your population, it is far greater than 9-11. It is far greater, but not just numbers-wise. Um, in a sense, 9-11, and it was a horrific uh, act of terror. It was a one-day event that ended. And unfortunately, what we are experiencing are not just the horrors of October 7th, but we have uh, 220 hostages in Gaza, and we have a constant barrage of rockets every day on Israel. The fighting is, has not stopped. So it was not a one-day event, but this is an ongoing war that, that Hamas started with Israel. Now, the, the fact that they started, and we'll talk about what the motivation might have been, but at the retaliation by Israel, again, if you take the numbers game, if 5,000 People have died in the Gaza Strip on foot of uh, the bombing uh, by Israel of the Gaza Strip. Uh, That, in fact, numerically, if it were to happen to you, would be the equivalent of of 20,000 people dying. So when is enough enough retaliation? When is enough enough in terms of uh, uh, extracting a price from Hamas and from the people of Gaza? I'd like to separate that question to a few parts, if I may. Uh, one is the fact that what the numbers that we're counting on uh, coming from Gaza are provided by the health ministry, which is controlled by Hamas. I will take with a grain of salt anything a terror organization is saying, especially when they include their own terrorists within the numbers. And I'm not... Uh, that is to say that we are sorry for any civilian lives that are lost. Isn't it impossible to protect a civilian population when you're bombing from the air and uh, attempting to hit targets which you claim are maybe Hamas uh, centres of control, 
but we see streets flattened. You know, the, the entire street cannot be used by Hamas as a control centre, yet we see an entire street flattened. Why? That is the challenge that we are facing with, and that is the challenge of the people in Gaza under Hamas ruled. Hamas has embedded itself so much within its population because they are using them as human shields. And when we say that they're using them as human shields, that means building the placing the rocket sites next to hospitals, next to schools, next to buildings, and also not letting them evacuate. We call and we ask people to evacuate because we don't want to see casualties. These are horrible images that we're seeing. And I think the accountability and blame needs to be returned to Hamas. People are forgetting that the horrible situation in Gaza right now has one sole name, and that is Hamas. Um, have you fallen into the Hamas trap? In other words, when Hamas did what they did with the atrocity in terms of killing so many Israeli people in the kibbutzim in, in the rock festival and beyond, they knew the way Israel typically has retaliated to any kind of incursion or attack. So they knew the extent of what might happen. And this was the object of the exercise to, to create martyrs in Gaza, which the world then would see and the world would sympathize with Palestinians rather than with Israel. And that's pretty much what, what has happened. What are, we're doing right now in Gaza, it's not retaliation. Our aim at this war is to regain uh, security on our borders, which we've lost and people are trying to, still trying to infiltrate, to bring back our people and to make sure that we don't have that terror threat on our doorsteps. I think, in a sense, uh, what we see in uh, media coverage and different uh, narratives that people are saying, uh, we all fell into the trap of Hamas, because right now nobody's talking about the accountability of Hamas, but everybody's blaming Israel for but different things. But isn't that things. the point, that they knew this? And I was going to go back in history with you, because um, Menachem Begin, who became prime minister of your country, um, prior to the setting up of the Israeli state, he was he was actually labelled a terrorist for what he was doing. He was bombing police stations, even killed a, an Anglo-Irish man, uh, one of the Guinness family. Uh, and the, the theory was that the British would react in such a violent way that their bombing and their offences would be forgotten as compared to what the British would do in retaliation. And so it turned out. And ultimately, Menachem Begin became, as I say, prime minister of your country, a respected leader, political leader in your country. Hamas are simply taking that lesson of history and uh, waiting for you to react, I, as I, the I, British did, so that the world would sympathize with them. And that's what's happening. I beg to differ on that analogy. And I know, especially here in Ireland, with the history of fighting a power that controls you like we experienced in Israel. And I think the horizon of a political future and political talk is something that we both, uh, both countries can understand. Hamas charter tells it um, very literally, and I don't know why the world is not reading it to understand. They call on killing of Jews and Israelis, and they say that they will not, that agreeing to any negotiations on conversations is against Islam. That is in the Hamas charter. If they say so, I think we should believe them. And I think in that sense, it's the responsibility on all of us, of media, elected officials, to make sure that we hold them accountable. Um, 
in terms of the number of people who would support Hamas politically in uh, Gaza, what proportion of the population would you say that is? I'm afraid that we can't know of anything that is truly happening in Gaza. We can't know the numbers of people affected. We've seen with the hospital tragedy, the amount of lies that came out on that horrible tragedy when Islamic Jihad uh, missed fire, that uh, mis- mislaunch of the rocket. It hit the hospital. They blamed Israel. The world was so quick to blame Israel. And right now, when it's evident that it's Islamic Jihad responsible, it's evident that the numbers are wrong. It's also evident that Hamas has stockpiles of food and fuel and water. So there is no way of knowing what is going on there. Um, and people are not allowed to talk or even move freely. But the the suspicion that you might have is that... What proportion of the population? I mean, would half the population support Gaza? Would Hamas? Would less than half? Because what has happened now is that, you know, you as a country, as a a people have not endeared yourselves to the civilian population in Gaza on foot of what's happened. Unfortunately, it seems that we care more about the the poor population of Gaza. But are you pushing them into the arms of Hamas? Another generation will be lost to Hamas because of the Israeli actions. We see the indoctrination that Hamas has within Gaza. But, and we've called on them and we're doing our utmost best in order to make sure that there is minimal civilian casualties. But when rockets are still being fired at Israel, when terrorists are still trying to infiltrate, and when our hostages, 220, with babies and women, babies who hadn't have proper nutrition for 18 days now. I don't want to know in which condition. I can't think of which condition they're in. So, But, but that is the generality for many of the people of Gaza, it, not just the hostages, but ordinary people who were told by Israel to flee their homes, uh, to, to head for the Egyptian border, to get out of Gaza City. Where were they to go without nutrition, without water, without fuel? They're to go to southern Gaza Strip. We're making a... De- separation between the city of Gaza and south of the Gaza Strip, where there is more water and more um, humanitarian aid. We know that Hamas has stockpiles of fuel, water, food. Why isn't the world talking about that responsibility? The same way that well, Israel... Presumes, by the way, they have stockpiles for themselves, for their own activities. They have much the more than population. what... They have much more from what they need. Israel, because... As a, out of our responsibility and duty, we have evacuated people from our southern front and our northern front because we care. We understand that this is an active combat zone and we asked people to evacuate. And this is what we're doing with the pe- population in Gaza. We do not want to see them get hurt. We understand the cynical abuse that Hamas is taking of its own population. But the problem is that they they move and they can see across the the, the Rafa crossing into Egypt, they can see the trucks lined up and a tiny handful of trucks have gotten through because it's normally to to feed the population of Gaza. And when you think of Gaza, it's basically a very large refugee camp that depends on world aid to survive. They have no means of supporting two and a half million people in such a tiny area. They can't produce enough food for themselves and so on and so forth. So they are depending on aid and there they are. Uh, Many of them have got themselves close to the Egyptian border. They're looking at the aid trucks and they're not coming in except in a trickle. Already in the second um, 
um, aid that passed yesterday were over 50 trucks. And as we all know, Hamas has money. Hamas uh, leadership is very rich. Uh, and uh, a lot of people know that the international community knows that media knows that when we're talking about the situation of the population in Gaza, and I understand the people in Ireland feel so strongly about it. What I'm surprised is that there is no outcry about the responsibility of Hamas. Help us stop Hamas and free the Palestinians in Gaza from Hamas. Why do you think that is so? That I mean, when, as we talked at the beginning about the extent of the atrocity committed by Hamas uh, a couple of weeks ago, why do you think that is so readily forgotten by the world? What is it about the, the state of Israel that um, allows people to concentrate on its wrongdoing rather than on the wrongdoing of Hamas? For 18 days now, since those horrible uh, attacks happened on October 7th and the fighting ever since, we've seen a solidarity and a show of solidarity from international leaders from different countries in the world. And I understand that in Ireland is different. Uh, we see it as an unconscious bias against Israel. And you have much more experience and knowledge than me. I've only been here for two months. Then maybe you can help me understand. But we have a lower level, it seems, of anti-Semitism in Ireland than they do in much of the rest of Europe. So it's not anti-Semitic as such. It is, you, you can be against the government of Israel while actually liking Israelis. Why is there a separation between Hamas? And we can make that separation even with the people who butchered us. We make that separation between Hamas and the Palestinian population. And here it seems, it seems that Israel in general, there is no separation between government or people. I'll beg to differ about anti-Semitism. Unfortunately, we've seen uh, from my conversation so far with Jewish community, there is concern to speak out. There is concern to raise your voice. You don't need to be pro-Israel, but even people who want to balance the conversation because there is a lot of misinformation and disinformation being spread or biases or myths that are spread and people are afraid to talk. So that is a form of anti-Semitism. If you delegitimize the existence of Israel, then yes, that is... I, I don't think anyone is, uh, generally speaking in the conversation, saying that Israel has no right to exist. Now, the birth of Israel, as we know, did lead to the dispossession of, of people. And maybe there's something in our uh, DNA about England planting settlers here in Ireland and taking land. Maybe there's an element of that. But the expansion of the settlements by Israel uh, in the, the West Bank, for instance... I mean, these are not, uh, you know, tents. These are cities or large towns. And people are wondering, you know, how long can this go on? Because you, there will be no settle, there will be no peace unless the settlements are removed. So there are three parts to your question. First of all, we've seen in demonstrations and we've seen different um, elected officials call from the river to the sea. And that phrase means no Israel. That means that there is no Israeli Jewish state. So, yes, that is delegitimizing de Israel. Uh, in the end of the British mandate, which, as you know, also ruled Israel, when we established Israel, the Palestinian had an opportunity to establish a Palestinian state. Instead, there was uh, a war against us, not just... Um, well, from all Arab countries around us, 
So that was an opportunity. There were other opportunities throughout history. There was the Oslo Accords. There was the disengagement from Gaza in 2005, since we don't longer hold Gaza and we're not responsible for Gaza. We, in order to have peace, we've shown that we will give land. So I think time and time again, Israel has shown that if there is a viable chance, even just a remote chance for peace and to live in peace with our neighbors, we will do whatever we can. Yeah. At the moment, that looks very far away because I can only think that the the bombing in Gaza to an extent of hundreds of raids overnight for several nights, that is only going to alienate a population that you're going to try to make peace with. Right now, I don't think peace is a word that we can use with reference to Hamas. And How will you know that you've rooted out all of Hamas, if that's what the objective of the current military operation, which is bombing at the moment and some small incursions, uh, but the, the prospect of a, a ground invasion, how will you know? Because many of them will find a way to, to get themselves to Lebanon or to other third countries. Um, there, we need the international community's help on this, because in order to destroy this the terror organization, this is something bigger than Israel. But right now, all the targets that we are hitting in Gaza are military targets. And we've seen operative and leadership leaders, one after the other, that we are trying to eliminate. Yet, rockets keep on going on Israel. And I think it's important to emphasize that because still here in Ireland, People forget about it. People yeah. might... You, you, you do have the Iron Dome technology from the United States. They don't have any such thing in, in Gaza. And I don't yeah, know... But I'm sorry. We need to ask why, and I'm sorry for cutting you. If they have so much money for their rockets, for their tunnels, for their infrastructure, they could have invested that money differently. And, and it this is, is a question, it, by the way, we've raised on this program. If you got money for thousands of rockets, uh, that money might have been spent do, do, doing other things. But when I see uh, the, the images that are coming out of Gaza, and the, I don't think it's fake to see three men carrying three children to their grave, 15 people in one family uh, going into a, what effectively is a mass grave. Um, these are not fake images of dead children. No, uh, these are horrible, horrible images. We, uh, we, our hearts are with the Palestinian population in Gaza. They are held hostages by Hamas. So it is okay to be pro-Palestinian. You don't need to be pro-Israeli, but help the Palestinian population from Hamas. Hamas needs to be stopped. Now, uh, you criticized uh, President Higgins. Uh, you called his comments inflammatory. Um, his spokespeople have replied saying that he condemned violence on all sides, including the actions of Hamas. It is not my place. I am a visitor here to criticize or come or... But you did. You called his comments inflammatory. Uh, part of our work as diplomats representing Israel is also to make sure that when different misinformation is uh, or things that are not factual being discussed, then yes, we need to counter that. And there are a lot of misconceptions about international law and the use of international law. 
And Israel is committed and abiding by international so law you, and you, the rules of okay, war. Okay, do you believe that the blockade preventing uh, food and water and fuel getting into the population of Gaza, you believe that that is in accordance with international law to blockade a, a civil population like that? It's not something that I think, but this is our legal analysis and knowledge that has based it. Every act that we do, we make sure that it abides by international law. So yes, when you are in a war, and this is based on the rules of law that, again, we are committed to, Hamas is not, you are allowed to stop your enemy from any equipment they might need. You need to make sure that the population gets the humanitarian aid. And this is what we've been doing with the trucks. Is anybody taking care the of the hostages? trucks going in and make sure that there's nothing that uh, could be misused in those trucks. Yes, and, that's and, and that is what we've in, done. In, 50 trucks in, went in. their in. hundreds, not in their 20s. Well, it takes time to uh, make sure that everything is okay and they're not abusing. And Hamas doesn't take that equipment. Unfortunately, time and time again, we use them, take that equipment from their own people and just abuse them for their their purposes. But we are, as they say, where we are, we, with a civilian population hugely on the move, perhaps half a million or more people on the move without adequate sustenance. And the only way they can't get in through the Israeli borders, so the only way they can get any kind of relief is through the Egyptian crossing. Just one remark that they can't get in from the Israeli border because one of the first thing that Hamas did was blow up the Erez crossing, which is where humanitarian aid usually goes through. They but are it wouldn't now be coming in now anyway, would it? Because you, you're operating be, a, an effective blockade. Not effective, legal legal blockade. And that is what a lot of people are repeating here, not understanding the legal aspects of it. Mm. Now, you were saying that you believe that our president was uh, inaccurate or misleading in some way? I hear a lot in the Irish media or by elected officials that what Israel is doing is not legal. And this is what I'm emphasizing. We are, and I just had another conversation with our legal advisor, who is one of the world's legal experts on, on all of this. And yes, what we are doing is abiding by international law. We are letting humanitarian aid go in. 50 trucks went in. When it, actually say, nobody it's tiny. It's tiny. makes sure of our population. It's tiny. Hamas has stockpiles of whatever the population needs. Let's point that finger at Hamas. They are responsible for their population. Why is it that we, as Israel, and you here in Ireland, spend hours worrying about the population when they just cynically abuse that? But you can't believe, really, that Hamas would have sufficient stockpiles of food and water and fuel to feed and care for an entire population of over 2 million people. I, I, it sounds absurd, I know, because one in a logic mind in the Western free world cannot comprehend. But yes, Hamas, the same organization, terror organization, that controls Gaza, has enough stockpiles for them, for other population. They could have used the fuel that they had for the hospital. They could have used the fuel for the water pumps. They could have used all of what they have for the benefit of their people. Now, the level of opposition is growing in your own country. The failure to protect 
the population is seen as a massive intelligence uh, uh, failure, but also uh, the opposition to the current, uh, well, there's a, a government of national unity operating at the moment, but the, the Netanyahu uh, government uh, prior to this outrage, um, the opposition to that is very significant. What we've seen since October 7th is the solidarity, the amazing solidarity of the Israeli people and everybody coming together, Jewish But people around the world. But 80% said that they attribute blame to Mr. Netanyahu himself. Right now we are united in this war and we've seen it not just in the government, but with the army and the population. We are all in this together because we understand that this is an existential threat. And the, the, going back to the whole question of a war crime on this program, when we saw uh, the carpet bombing by Russia of Ukraine and so on, we condemned that as a war crime. And it's very difficult for some people to distinguish what's different about what Israel is doing in Gaza City, literally raising the place to the ground compared to what the Russians did in Ukraine in some of the southern cities there. I don't think there is any room for comparison When Israel uh, decides what, which target to hit in Gaza, that is a military target of Hamas. This is just something that we choose lightly and we make sure how, how much population is there at all, if we will take out that attack or not. But any attacks we've done so far, any target is a military target and therefore legal by international law. If so you whether are being or not children die, they are the collateral damage to what you believe is a legal act. Unfortunately, and it's horrible to talk about it. These are human lives, but we're talking about. But this is the same reason that Hamas builds their headquarters and uh, launch sites from so close within its population. I agree with you. This is horrible. But right now, we need to attack those targets because this is where we are being attacked from. And according to international law, if you are attacked from a, a target, even if it's a school or a UN organization, you are allowed to defend yourself and retaliate. Do you believe that the EU uh, statement, uh, draft statement calling for a pause in the hostilities will be effective, will be listened to by Israel? I don't think we are the question right now. Hamas started this war unprovoked on October 7th. Right now, rockets are still being fired at Israel. If we lay down our weapons, who can guarantee that Hamas doesn't continue these attacks? Dana Ehrlich, Israeli ambassador to Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us in studio today. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.